Cape Talk. Extra Bits. Now, my next guest has been singing since the tender age of 12 and mentored by pianist Jerry Spencer. Amy Williams has worked in many local jazz venues around Cape Town and Johannesburg. Born in District 6, Amy is also a songwriter and composer and has had the opportunity to work with some of Cape Town's most talented musicians, a highlight being a performance alongside the legendary Hugh Masakela. Amy is part of the sponsorship programme for the Athlone Music Academy uh, and I'm delighted to welcome her to Late Nights this morning. Amy, welcome to Late Nights. Great to have you in studio with us with your incredible band. It's exciting. Half of my band. Half of the band. <laughs> the good half. The, no, <laughs> I shouldn't say good. that. They're all marvellous. They, they're all good. But we <laughs> couldn't fit them all in. So. No, it's a tight squeeze in here, but I'm looking forward to hearing you, hearing you perform. You've had the kind of musical career that most people would really only dream of in terms of the people that you've worked with, the stages that you've appeared on. Where did it all begin for you? Oh, um, I was always this um, child that was chosen in the school choir mm. and the school concerts and everything else that goes with it. And um, one evening, um, I was just sitting, I think it was at a, a place called Friends here in Seapoint. Mm. And my brother's a musician as well, and he was performing at the time, and he called me up on stage, and I just went to sing. I was 12 years old. You were 12? Yeah. And right. I, and I think the first song I sang was My Sharia More, because I knew the song. And um, after that, I started, you know, getting more and more into it. Um, I then hooked up with a gentleman called Jerry Spencer, who, in fact, he saw me performing, you know, one evening. And since then, I went straight into jazz, and that is when he introduced me to Alvin Dyers, Camilla Lombard, the late Eddie Yosta, the late Basil Moses, and I started working with all of them. And um, that is how I started moving around, getting to where I was. But at the same time, I had uh, a day career as well. Yes, which was? Um, I worked for the Department of Health yeah. for very many years because there was no such thing as music in the family, you know, because how, how can you earn a living mm. singing? No, 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 it doesn't work like that. Um, so I was basically forced to to go into some form of a career. I ended up going into industrial psychology, um, but I, I branched out into forensic labor law. Wow. Um, which is hectic. And then I moved from Cape Town to Johannesburg. And I was the head of HR of that side at psychiatric institutions. And sure. But after work, it would be straight to the stage mm. because that would sort of balance everything. Yeah. You know, but when I was in Johannesburg, I missed out on all the musicians because we don't have the same caliber yeah. of, of musicians in Johannesburg. You know, if you're looking for Kwaito and R&B mm, and mm. whatever, you're going to get that. Um, but but we didn't have the Cape Townian musicians, and then I came back and and I, now about two years ago, and I sort of looked up all those people I used to work with, but they all moved on. Mm. Everybody was busy, and um, then I was introduced to Dylan April, and since then Dylan has become a musical director, and I'm very very grateful to Camilla Lombard for introducing me to Dylan. And Dylan then basically introduced me to everybody else. So my mission right here, right now, is more on a mentorship program yes. where I take the younger generation with me and guide them into where they should actually be at a, a much earlier age. Mm, mm. And believe you me, I mean, I've got Wade Adams sitting here next to me. He's an awesome guitarist. He should be way ahead of where he is right now. 
he should be playing on various platforms on a much higher level. Dylan is currently the the keyboard player um, for Emma Adams, mm. and yeah, no, he's getting around and he's doing very very well for himself. And then he introduced me to Liam Bowen, and um, Liam is just one of those gentle drummers, but gets you know the the, the beat across. Mm. Um, then part of the band we have Dominic Domingo who is a keyboard player so when we are all on stage Dylan normally does arrangements of everything and Dylan does all the synthesizer um, programming and he plays the accordion and Dylan does backing vocals and then we have a female bassist as well you know um, if it's good enough for Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, we, we sort of vary between bass players because they're not always all available. Yeah. And I don't have this thing of you in my band, so you can't work anywhere else. You know, they, they, they need to get out there and work and take whichever gigs they, they can possibly get. Yeah. Because there isn't very many gigs around in Cape Town. And, um, you know, then I've got Chloe Rizan. Chloe plays the saxophone. And then we've got a gentleman by the name of Greg. Um, that plays a trumpet so it's quite a big band it's quite a big band and we have backing vocals as well and most of them are from CMI which is um, hmm. Cape Music Institute which yeah. is Camillo's Camillo's school right yes yeah. um, but I mean they're obviously okay with Dylan so Dylan gets them in um, Cameron was on backing vocals now we did the Jazzathon Cameron was on backing vocals Kirsten and Robin so it's a very tight unit yeah. and it makes me feel good standing up there knowing that I've got this tight unit behind me and they're so young and they're getting out there. When it's not you, all about me. It's n which is, and that is very generous of you. And is, um, and and just taking you back to that moment when your brother says, "Okay, come up on stage and you sing, um, my Sharia more." I mean, obviously, your brother knew that you had a voice. Did you know that you had a voice, or were you just sort of being the dutiful sister and saying, "Okay, well, my brother says I must go up and sing, so I'll go up and sing." Had you did you know that you loved to sing at that point? No, I loved to sing, mm. but I was always chosen for musical programs like you know Snow White and Cinderella, and you know I was mm. always playing the lead roles, and um, so I knew I didn't have any stage fright when it came to to getting up on a stage and singing. Yeah, and because he was rehearsing his music, I would sing it along with him when he was around. So when he did the song, you know. It was nothing for me to get up and actually do that. To do it, yeah. Yeah, but then there's a huge difference between singing your normal contemporary jazz and getting up and doing pure jazz. Yes. So my heart and my love goes to pure jazz. Does it? Yes, because as a vocalist, I feel that vocal ability is only maintained once you're doing pure jazz. Right. Because I can hear myself. I can hear my range. I can have a crowd sitting and listening to me. You can hear a pin drop and it's appreciated. You mm, know what I'm mm. saying? If I was to get up and sing in a club, nobody's going to listen to anything besides the beat that's going on there. Mm. You know, so that for me is not satisfying for me. Do you think that jazz uh, and I and uh, the more the more that I have artists coming in into studio and and young artists that are coming into studio, and they are leaning towards jazz, and I'm always amazed, and I because I've always considered that jazz is something that is kind of like wine you have to grow to appreciate. But these young people who are coming before me really do have an appreciation and and are learning very technical jazz at a very young age. Does that surprise you or not? No, and I tell you why. I've traveled quite extensively, and the international language for music is jazz. I'm beginning to see that. That is the way it is. If Dylan goes to Brazil, New Orleans, Holland, wherever, 
And he goes into a jazz club or a pub or whatever and he tells them that he's a musician and they call him up to jam what is he going to jam mm. he cannot jam Cape, Town, Cape Town's Guma he can't do that mm. he can't do other local artists music here so he's going to get up and he's going to do a pure jazz song from the jazz book mm. you know so that is why I say that jazz is an international language across the border whether you 80, 90, 50, 20 that is the international language and, and I think all our musicians should know that. I mean let's take let's take Robbie Williams for example. Mm. I mean he's a rock Must singer. Yeah, yes, he's a on. rock singer. Mm. But then he performs at the Royal Albert mm. and does a full on jazz gig. You know, we're swinging Frank Sinatra's music and everything. Because it's an international language. Yeah. And that is what I like about Wade and Dylan. Because I can get them up on stage and do your R and B and they can do Latin American. And they can do your pure jazz standards as well. Liam is very, very young, but Liam's feel, you know, you, you don't sit there and say, no, nah, you can't play jazz because mm. you feel the swing. You feel the groove, you feel. So that is what is very important. And it's where they taught and what they taught. That's yeah. very important. When you decided, and you say that music wasn't something that the, your family were sort of in support of as a career, that must be very difficult because we all want to have the support of our of our parents, of our families in, in what we're doing. I mean, how did those conversations go across the dinner table or didn't they? You just no. knew. No. No. I went to work, did what I had to, was this very diligent girl, always got my A grade and did whatever I had to do, went to work. Okay, bye. And off you went. Right. You know, um, they knew where I was going. Did they ever come and listen? No, but they'd watch me on TV. Right. <laughs> you know, if, if there was a documentary or whatever, and they'd watch it, then, and I'd get to hear by the way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, old school was like, yes, we love music. Yes, we enjoy it. Wow, you sing nicely. But that's not going to get you through life, yeah. you know, because you, you have a family to support and you're needing to do this and that and the other. And my family never raised me where the man must provide alone. Right. They've not raised me like that. You know, that they've raised me where a woman's got to be independent, you know, irrelevant as to whether he's earning whatever. Mm. You know, she's got to have her own. She's, she must be able to do that. So I'm not sorry they taught me that way. Yeah. Today, like my mum would always, now, now we can sit, now we can chat. Mm. You know, I can give her my music to listen to, I can give her the jazz, I can give her the Latin American to listen to. And, you know, she's very appreciative of that, you know, but she's also proud of the fact that she put my career first. Right. And now that sure. I'm settled, now I can do this. So, And are you grateful that she put that first or would you have liked? No, um, um, I always tell her, you know, if you had to leave me alone, I would have been much further. Right. You know, because I'm the kind of person that when I put my mind to something, mm. then that is what I'm going to do and I'm going to excel in that. If your children wanted to go into the music industry, and I don't know that they're not, maybe a bit, but, but how would you feel about that? I only have one daughter. You only have, okay, child. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's, you know, I would never stop her from going into whichever field she wants to go into because there's no point in going into something that you're not happy about. Yeah. You need to do what you love and that is how you're going to grow. So, I mean, she's played piano, she's played the violin, you know, so she's also got that musical um, side to her, you know, but she still needs to decide what she's wanting to do. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given in this industry? To be original, to be yourself, and not to copy and imitate any person. Mm. And Just is that hard to do? Because I guess 
there is, I guess, for, and a lot of young artists that we see coming out these days, particularly, but I guess in more commercial venues are, or commercial avenues are, seeking to replicate one another because there seems to be a formula that works and they want to follow that formula. I guess it takes a great deal of confidence to be oneself. Um, look, you can sing all the covers in the world, but mm. there's a certain way that you sing it that you, you own that song. Mm. So, you know, you get up on stage, but don't imitate Tina Turner. Do Tina Turner's song, but do it in your voice. Yeah. So that somebody else can come along and say, wow, did you hear her version? You know, so that for me has always worked. Yeah. So you don't have anything against covers? Um, no, because if you um, look, it's covers that made us listen to music. For sure. So that is fundamental. I completely agree. Mm. You know, so, so I, I actually do have a problem with certain artists that come along and say, oh, you, help, you only have to do original material. Mm. The thing is, is you need to do the covers in order to get to those originals. Yes. You have to start somewhere, you know. You have to listen to Charlie Parker. You have to listen to... Knacking coal, you're needing to listen to whatever. It's part of your your, your musical career. Mm. Then from there you branch off. You know, but it's wrong to say, no, you need to only do originals. Yeah. It's wrong. Because like I say, when you go overseas and you climb up on that stage and you're jamming with any international artists, they are not going to know your music unless your music has reached the top. Mm. So for as long as it's not reached there as yet, you're needing to speak the international language, which is jazz. And that's how you're going to get heard, and that's how people are going to see you. And then you introduce yourself mm. with your original material. Mm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Amy Williams is in studio with us. It's an absolute treat to have her here and uh, a portion of her band, half of her band. Uh, you're speaking about jazz as the language, the international language of music. We'd love to hear something from you. Okay, we we going to do one of my very own songs. Okay, though. good. Yes. Yeah, um, and I feel... Your wants A mesmerizing Blissful warmth And I feel Your touch A glow of wonder In my heart And I feel Your love A love that you alone Can bring out The best In me and feel me, and feel me like I feel you. And I see your eyes are on a tea host, but my dear, I see your smile. It's all the story of my heart, and I feel your love, the one that you alone.
Just joining us and thinking to whose dulcet tones do they belong? Uh, Amy Williams, uh, jazz performer, singer, songwriter, is in studio with us. I got chills then. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Beautiful, ones. absolutely beautiful. <laughs> you you grew up in District Six, right? Yes. Yeah. What was the music that you were listening to? Was it jazz? Oh, the first song I ever listened to was "Our Day Will Come." You know, my mum used to play that, and my grandmother played the piano, so it was unforgettable. Our Day Will Come. Our love is here to stay. You know, it was all the sentimental music. Yeah. Sarah Vaughan, Nat, oh. Nat King Cole, um, Etta James. You know, that, that was the kind of music that we would listen to. Yeah. And who are some of the artists today that you love, whether that be local artists, uh, international artists? If, who, who's in your collection? Um, I went through a phase of Diana Krall. Did you? Yes. Um, because I've got this... Um, I don't know, I'm a very soft-spoken person, so yes. when I'm singing as well, you know, I will not be screaming and belting, and Diana Krall sort of, you know, suits... It suits speaks to that. It mm. speaks to me, yes. Mm. Um, Diane Shaw as well. Mm. Um, I like her chord structures, because I've got a thing, you know, for the piano, yeah. so I like nice chord structures and guitar structures as well. Um, 
now and then I'd sit and listen to Michael Bublé. Mm. When I was a teenager, I was a Karen Carpenter fan. <gasps> Who know? isn't a Karen Carpenter fan? Yes, and I one of the finest sing. voices of all time. Um, the clarity and oh. everything else that goes with it. And then there was a time in my life when I was into Shirley Bassey, you know, the minute you walked through the joint, you know, it was, <laughs> you, know you, you go through all these phases, mm. you know, um, local artists, um, Claire Phillips, Lyra, all who have been guests on the show, I should say. Claire was in the studio the other day. Yeah, well, Claire was actually a little girl in front of me. And in fact, she was one of Camilla Lombard's students um, at Prompt. Mm. So she used to come to our gigs on a regular basis. Sure. Yeah. Um, she's doing very well for herself. Very. I'm very proud of her. Mm. Very, very. And then there's Keegan Williams, the drummer, Anton Manel, you know. Um, they're all youngsters that really did well for themselves that I'm very proud of. Why is it now then that you have this desire to give back and to mentor the younger generation that are coming up? What is it? Because many artists uh, of of your caliber would say, well, I don't need to do that. I can just continue doing what I'm doing and, and they must find their own way up in the same way that I found my way up. Why do you have this passion to do that? Because I feel, uh, I feel that there's quite a lot of talent out there that is wasted. Mm. And unfortunately, Cape Town has this click of just booking the same artists all the time. They book the same artists all the time. So if I could take them and put them out there on my gigs, you know, um, where I know for a fact, you know, there's going to be X amount of people that are actually going to listen. There are lots of foreigners that come in there. You know, they, they, they can be booked for any gigs. So I find pleasure in doing that. Mm. And, and I'm not going to just book the same. I mean, if, if I was to have an organization where I had to book artists, I would not just be booking the same people all the time. I would be booking very many different people. Of course, yeah. You know? But then again, you have different genres with different types of artists and different types of music. So you need to be very careful when it comes to that as well. Mm. You mm. know, because I notice people are having a big hoo-ha about what is a jazz festival about? What is this about? Yes, yeah. yes. You know, but unfortunately, Cape Town itself, um, the culture in Cape Town... As a party vibe. Mm. It's a full-on party vibe. So if they're going to go away camping for the weekend and they're listening to a jazz festival, they're wanting to dance. The first thing that you taught as an artist and as an entertainer is to get up there and to give the people what they want. Mm. So if some people are coming in and they're wanting to dance, then you do that. You do that you ever them. raise a bit of an eyebrow when you see the lineup for things like the Cape Town International Jazz Festival and think, hmm... Not quite sure where the jazz has ended up or where the jazz has gone. Believe you me, this 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 brow of mine goes right up. Mm. And I'm like, really no? <laughs> wow. Really no? Mm. But you know what? I just feel that the organizers need to come down to ground level with they really needing to see who's who out there mm. and not listen to Peter or Paul or Tom that says, Hey, that's a good band. Right. That's a good Go yourself. Yeah. Go and look. You know, because Peter or Paul or whomever, you know, he has these little clique that he can party with on a regular basis. So those mm. are the people he's going to book all the time. Mm. You know, and that is problematic in this industry. Yeah. And that's sad for me in this industry. We should be having an international jazz festival here, like the Umbria Jazz Festival, like the New Orleans Festival, you know, like the proper North Sea Jazz Festival, yeah. where you have Diana Krall, where you have Esperanza, Esperanza Spalding. Yeah. Um, you know, we have artists like that, pure jazz artists, you know, where people actually go and pay money to go and see them. Yeah. We don't have a festival like that. Yeah. 
you know um, if we're wanting a contemporary jazz festival then fine then have the little festivals that we are having here right now that's fine you know but it's a culture thing it's not international I've so just realised who you sound like, who your speaking voice sounds like. You, you've got you've got tones of Eartha Kitt in your speaking voice. Has anyone ever said that to you before? No, never. It's a huge compliment, though. Never, ever. Why are your band laughing? <laughs> I think that's a massive... Eartha Kitt, come on. That's a huge compliment. <laughs> Suddenly just tones. It's like a wow. Wow, wow. I think that's a nice thing. Listen... In terms of the what you wish you had known, you, you now you've got a, a couple of years. I'm trying to be polite under your belt when it comes to what you do. What's the what's the one thing that you wish somebody had told you when you were starting out, and the one thing that you tell those people that you mentor? You know what? I'm actually one of the very fortunate vocalists. We have been spoilt. Mm. When it comes to getting up on stage and having the best caliber behind me. Right. So I've never had to battle, ever. I've never, ever gotten off from that stage and felt, oh, can't I be on another stage? Right. Never, ever. Mm. So for me, I, I lack nothing mm. when it comes to that. And I say it earnestly here today. I've had the best of the best grooming me. The best of the best. Mm. And I'm proud to say that. I mean, you can't go wrong with a late Eddie Oster can't go wrong with the late Basil Moses. Jerry Spencer was my mentor. Yeah. You know, keyboard player. He introduced me to Camilla Lombard. And Camilla came with all this energy and everything that went with it. Then he, then Camilla introduced me to Andre Peterson. Mm. Um, Jerry also introduced me to Wayne Bash. And then Mark Frantzman. So it was all musicians that I never had to turn my back around and look and like, what, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, because my ears are sort of trained. You know, the minute the bass player does something wrong, then, you know, you just sort of listen. Mm. Um, so I've been very fortunate in terms of that. Mm. And so my message then to them, continue because they are on the right path. Mm. I see them on the right path where they are. They are not just sticking to one genre of music. They're doing what they have to across the board walk, but their fundamentals are there. Mm. And that is important. Mm, mm. So I'm very proud of them, really, as they're sitting here right now. You need to hear the goals. The goals are phenomenal. You must come back again. <laughs> we need a much bigger studio. There is a bigger I'd studio. Like There's a the bigger studio, and we will make sure. There is a bigger studio, and we'll make sure that uh, we make sure that we can avail it to you. Uh, what's your? And this is probably a very unfair question, but is there a uh, a song that whenever you perform, you just think? This is this is it. Why are there suddenly heads in hands? <laughs> you know what? I have a repertoire. I can you can call any song out of the jazz book. Mm. Okay, I've got thirty years of mm. jazz behind me. Mm. But I will walk into a venue where he's playing, where he's playing, where whomever is playing, and they'll call me up on stage and they don't ask me what I'm gonna sing, they just start playing the song please Philippe <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like Brenda Russell, really? <laughs> Again? <laughs> no. So for me, it's like, these people probably think it's the only song that I know. <laughs> so Dylan, why just that song? Ask Dylan that question. Dylan, pull yourself up a microphone there, my friend. Why that song? Um, well, you know, I know... He's very good looking, isn't he, Dylan? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Thanks so Ooh. much. They're all very... <laughs> they're all very good looking. 
There's no shade. No shade. I haven't spoken to anyone else yet. No shade here. Sorry, Dylan. You're very welcome. Carry on. They are very jealous, but it's cool. It's all right. You can't have jealousy in bad. As you were, Dylan. So, um, yeah. When I heard Amy um, the first time, it was at a place called um, Swingers in Lansdowne, mm. um, the O2One Lounge. Um, we would have jam sessions there every Sunday um, that was um, led by the band called Out of Town. Um, they are well known for performing on the TV program by Soli Filander, um, Larry Karai. Mm. Um, so they started playing the song please philippe i've heard it on radios i've listened and it, it was just a song until one day um they camilla had to leave um for Joburg, and as his right hand he always pushes me into everything and he pushed me into this gig i didn't know half of amy's repertoire i had to learn the repertoire for the next day and the, the following day thereafter it's the gig Learning all of Amy's songs, there was just this one song that stuck in my head. The way she articulates um, her herself and putting herself within, I won't say within the shoes of Brenda Russell, but putting herself within the song, it was just phenomenal and mind-blowing. And if you should hear sing the song, you'll understand you know, and there's just something about the way that she sings it. I've heard many people sing it, but when Amy sings it, there's like, like you will get goosebumps literally. And how does Amy sing?